training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Hey guys, welcome to the Pendola Project. I'm your host, Matt Pendola. And I'm producer Jake Parker, and we have a great premiere episode for you today. Matt Balzer was our guest today. I have to say, Matt, not only is he a four-time national Xterra champion, but a stand-up guy, a family man, a business owner. He is one of those people that I've really looked up to over the years, and Honestly, Matt had so many life lessons to give, Jake. I don't even know where to start. You really got to listen to this one. What did you learn today about Matt, Jake? Well, you can really hear it in his voice, Matt. Matt Balzer is a guy who really did not let the hard times get him down, and he didn't even stand out like we talked about in the podcast in his earlier years of athletics, but later in life, he became an absolute champion. And after that, he carried that into his business life. And so this podcast really translated through a lot of different walks of life to me. Yeah, one thing you noticed you were talking to me about after the podcast, Matt is just always smiling. He really was, and you can hear it in his voice. He was really happy to be talking about even the bad things. They, they didn't seem to get him depressed. He had a positive spin on it. Yeah, man. And I tell you, even if you've never done a triathlon in your life, you don't care about running ever, it doesn't matter. You get out there, you do the best you you can do. Guys like Matt will help you get through those tough times just with good advice. And that's what this is all about. We want to have a little bit more, a little bit better result every day out of ourselves. We want to be that person that we know we can be. But along the way, we always need help. And I feel like guests like Matt can help us get there. Incremental improvement, man. That's what we're all about here. I love it. Yeah, man. All right. Here we present Matt Balzer. All right. Welcome to the Pandola Project podcast, our first ever actually, guys, so we're really, really excited to be able to start this project out with everybody listening today. I am your host, Matt Pandola. We started this podcast, Pandola Project, with the idea that we can all be 1% better every day. We'd like to really promote that kind of culture. That is what's been Part of the big part of the success with guys like Matt Balzer that we're talking to today. We're super excited to have Matt in the studio with us. Matt is a 2013, 14, 15, and 17 Xterra national champion for triathlon. And he actually also followed that up with a third place age group first American finish at the Xterra Worlds in Maui that year and he was named usa triathlon off-road triathlete of the year for 2013 wow matt that is fantastic he also has a wife amy who in 2013 and 2015 was the national age group trail running champion they live in reno nevada with their two daughters and their son and they own reno running company and operate the nonprofit sierra endurance sports so we're going to be talking to Matt today about, well, how did he become Matt Balzer, the champion, the guy who helps the community become better version of itself every single day. And also, he has been a long-term friend of mine over the last hmm, five, six years, right, Matt, now? Yeah, since 2012. Yeah, oh, it's been, been awesome getting to know you, buddy. How are you today? 
I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me as the inaugural guest. I am honored. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, It's been a process. We've been talking about doing this for a while. And then all of a sudden, it just uh, started to come together for me. And I was talking to you the other day after our workout. And just the kind of guy you are, you didn't hesitate. You said, yeah, man, I'll go and, and uh, do this podcast with you. And uh, that's what friends are for. But I'm lucky to call you a friend as well, buddy. As am I. Thanks, bud. Yeah, absolutely. So just um, talking about, you know, again, how guys like you really get started out. How did you get started in sports? So ever since I can remember a uh, real young age, I think because of my parents being involved in sports, I was involved with them. Uh, probably baseball was the biggest thing when I was a young kid, but tennis, track, volleyball, martial arts, just kind of did a little bit of everything. Yeah, so we were talking before, but I've seen you uh, kicking that bag in the gym. You've got a lot of crazy power, and um, you're, you've really, really got a great background overall for an athlete of any sport. Of course, you went on to become a little bit more known for your endurance, but uh, not many endurance guys um, have that s similar kind of backgrounds where they have been involved in multiple sports like you have and then be able to uh, be successful in the endurance sport. So tell me a little bit about that. How did you go from doing sports like track and volleyball and martial arts to uh, the track? on sure so uh really my running in college i kind of i went out for track my junior year of college and i started that because i had seven knee dislocations between i think like 99 and 2001 and i just couldn't really go sideways anymore so um thankfully i had a really good doctor that did a great knee surgery and i was able to run and so put all my effort into that. I had run a lot in like middle school. I did track and then obviously all the sports I did. Um, but yeah, really it was cause I couldn't ski the way that I wanted to anymore. Couldn't kickbox the way that I wanted to anymore. So I figured let's give running a try. Yeah, but then I know that you were specializing in track in college uh, more with 200 meters, 400 meters, right? I did, yeah, 200, 400 and uh, threw some javelin. <laughs> so, so again, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening, if, if uh, people listening have done endurance sports, you don't typically see somebody go from the 200, 400, throwing a javelin around to now going up to the marathon, right? So how did you decide you were going to now start tripling, quadrupling your distances that you were competing in? So I think the background for all of that was through my whole sport career, basically since like freshman of high school, I've just been fascinated with what the body can achieve with the different stress that you put on it. So whether it's explosive sports, weightlifting, um, the kickboxing stuff, or then once I discovered endurance sports, it was just like this whole new challenge that was incredible to me because I wasn't naturally good at that. Um, I had to work really hard at it, but I was just fascinated by the progress and the growth that I saw. Uh, and that's kind of been the theme is that, you know, your body can really achieve amazing things and you can transform it into whatever you dream of really. And so I think it was a year or two after I graduated from college, I had a friend that challenged me to do a triathlon and there was a local one there. I borrowed the track coach's wife's road bike 
and I got in the pool and swam because he needed a time for the 500 because it was a 500 swim and it was a pool swim. So they were like seeding you based off of your times. So I'm like, I've never swam a 500 before, so better figure out what my time would be. And I did that race and like from the next day, it was like two, three hours a day. It was just incredible. I was hooked. I fell in love with it. Um, you know, the, the feeling that I had gotten from doing all sorts of new sports all throughout my life, just like immediately came back when I did that. And so I was hooked. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I think when people hear national champion, four time national champion, obviously must've been good at swimming, biking, running, right? You are always good at those things, but you're saying differently here. And that's interesting to me. People know how to overcome their obstacles. They need to be able to use maybe the lessons they've learned in life in other sports and take that now into new challenges. Right. But I know that you talked to me about how many times a day did, or how many times a week, sorry, did you have to meet a swim coach to get any good at it? And how long did that take? Yeah, so that was, I guess I was probably 23, 24 maybe, um, which is pretty late in life to start swimming, like really swimming. I was water safe, but I wasn't a swimmer. And um, with the, I immediately set out some pretty high goals. I wanted to turn professional in triathlon. And so the swim is a huge part of that. And in order to do that and get to where I needed to get, I had a coach that I met with typically six days a week for roughly hour and a half to two hours a day. And then, you know, through some work and some running and some cycling in on top of those things. Um, but you know, the progress came quick and it was humbling at first. I was in with this swim coaches, um, his like junior program and I'm swimming in the pool thinking I'm going to become a professional triathlete and 12 year old girls are passing me doing breaststroke. And so kind of got to suck up your ego real quick and, you know, just understand that it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. I mean, you just made such a good point because I feel like so many athletes that I work with, they get frustrated so easily sometimes and they don't realize that great athletes like yourself, they didn't start off great and they just had the right attitude about it. They didn't let their egos get in the way and said, Hey, you know, this is where I am now. I'm going to keep working and get 1% better every day. And eventually I'm going to be able to hit these larger goals of mine, but I'm just going to focus today on being a better version of me. Right? Yeah, completely true. I mean, that's, I, I think if there's one thing that I've learned in life along the way is just that that consistency is the key. So whether it's in your personal relationships, your business life, athletics, you know, none of that success comes overnight. Very rarely do things happen overnight. And so you just kind of got to keep chipping away at it every day and that 1% better every day. Usually it's not 1% better every day. It's one tenth of 1% better every day, but eventually, you know, you keep at that consistency, you'll get pretty good. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to have your daughter training in my facility. Her name is Lexi. And of course, we talk a lot about C versus T, right? So you have a challenge or a threat, right? And do you see things as threats or do you see that as a welcome challenge? This is going to help me get better. You yeah, know? of course. Um, you know, all, all things in, in life are typically challenges, just hurdles to overcome. And so, you know, you look at that as like, for me, this podcast was something I've never done this before. And you asked me to do it. And I was like, of course, like that'll better me as a person. Hopefully I'll, you know, I'll learn something new. So it's a challenge being here and, you know, that I'll hopefully come out on the better, on the other side of that hurdle a little better. Well, I appreciate that. And, and 
I've never interviewed before. So it was a first for both of us and it makes it so much easier for me interviewing a friend and somebody I really respect and have worked with all these years. And I definitely have so much respect for you as a father. I brought up Lexi for a reason, but of course with your wife and your kids, they're, they're amazing. We were talking about just simple things like teaching our kids how to ride their bikes the other day on our run. Yeah. Right. And how many of us really do take the time to, to stop and really understand how special it is to have these things in our lives where this is happening for us, right? This is something that we have maybe one chance to teach our kid to ride their bike for that first special day. And um, are you as a father, are you saying the right things? Are you being encouraging? Are you being empathetic? Right? Are, you, are you really being there as a father for your kid? Or are you projecting what you think your kid should do? And you mentioned that the other day on the run, but will you talk a little bit more about that? Because I, I really, that really uh, sunk in with me, seeped in really well with me. And I, I believe that's something that makes you special as a dad too. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, obviously, I think athletics is just such a powerful tool in life in general. I mean, that's what we've we've built our lives and our business around. Um, so I'm a true believer in it. So when I have the opportunity to, you know, have those experiences with my kids, I'm I'm obviously going to take them. And to your last point about not projecting our own influences on them and letting them have their own adventure, of course, I've, there are two older daughters, um, Lexi and Kate we're thrilled when they want to learn how to ride bikes. And, um, so Lexi now she's almost 14. It was a long time ago when we taught her how to ride a bike, but that day, that first ride will be just ingrained in my memory for life. And Kate, who's six, just turned six. She only learned how to ride a bike a couple of months ago. And so that's still fresh in my mind, but you know, one of the coolest things in the world now, like I can go for a run, she can ride her bike next to me. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that as a dad. That's awesome. And, and considering the fact that I'm still trying to figure out how to keep up with you on a bike, uh, I was wondering maybe you could teach me how to ride a bike now. Any day. That'd be, that'd be great. I appreciate that. So, um, you know, Matt, thinking about influences here and you becoming the person you are, I know you said your dad, for example, had you doing push-ups, right? Any military guy, your dad? Yep. He, he was, he's a, uh, a retired Lieutenant Colonel, uh, for the army. And that was, that's my first memory of athletics at all. When I was a kid, I mean, it's a very vague memory, but it was probably, I was probably three to four years old. And the one thing I remember is he would get up so early. Um, you know, he's like that four, four thirty AM guy, wake up, get a good long run in before he had to head down to the Pentagon, um, to go to work. And so to, I, to the Pentagon, to the Pentagon. Yeah. And so I remember trying to, you know, get up before him. Cause I was like, God, oh, that'd be so cool. I'm, you know, I'd be such a little man if I could get up before my dad. And I think maybe it happened like one time, right? <laughs> and then, okay, I'm going to sleep in after that. But, um, that was my first memory of like sports athletics of any kind, uh, growing up, but both my parents, even still to this day, they're incredibly active people. Uh, so, you know, they were really my sport, like mentors and motivators. When I was young, my mom's a very still competitive tennis player. She played tennis um, at a high level while we were young and um, got me into tennis, uh, something that I loved to do when I was a kid too. Uh, for my dad, it was like swimming and running. Um, we actually 
kind of got to triathlon at the same time in life. My dad had retired and um, at the same time I graduated school and got into triathlon, he was kind of looking to do something after his work life and we got into it together and um, just like teaching my daughters how to ride their bike, like doing the first triathlon with my dad. Um, his first triathlon, I think I had done two or three by then, was just, you know, very, very memorable experience. So, no, nah, that's fantastic. I had a guy, his name was Mr. Gray. He was a coach in junior high school. I don't know if I ever told you about this, but uh, I was in North Providence when he had just moved there. And it was kind of a little bit of a rougher neighborhood than I was uh, used to. And we had kind of gotten into a bit of trouble. We all had, uh, they call us a gang, but you know, we were just kind of hanging out and getting into trouble together as, as kids, junior high school at this point. And we were throwing rocks at uh, this this guy as he was running by, kind of making fun of him. And, and actually, I honestly was not throwing rocks at the guy, but my friends were. So he turned, he looked at us, he started running after us. He ran after all of us and I just kept running and I kept looking behind me and he was still following me. I'm like, I didn't throw the rock. I didn't throw the rock. And eventually he caught me, but it, it took him a couple miles to do it, I guess. Well, in my mind, it was a couple miles. Maybe it was like, you know, a couple minutes, right? But he finally caught me and then he said, hey, I'm the coach at this uh, school. And that's where the school I went to. And he said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to tell your dad you did this. I'm not going to get you into trouble. You got to show up for practice. And that started my career as a runner, right? (laughs) So, you know, with me, I'm going to say, okay, you're wonderful that you had the parents you did. And I totally get that and appreciate that. But outside of your parents, right? Outside of mom and dad, who is your biggest influencer? Um, I mean, honestly, you've been a huge one since, since 2012. I mean, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't say that lightly. Um, I, I, I had some great success, but all of my big success, the stuff that you mentioned, you know, when we first started, that all came after I met you. Um, and I'd never had in my life a coach that had the attention to detail that, that you have and the willingness to put 100% into not only like your entire Pandola project, but literally every single person that walks into your door, you give 100% to. And I mean, that, that changed my career big time because you, and it's the reason why Lexi trains with you now. I mean, one of them, um, because you can take people to that next level, um, not only from an athletic standpoint, um, but just the whole culture that you have there is something that we try to replicate at, at our store, um, with our employees, that culture of excellence, um, and, you know, it's, it's been a game changer. Thanks, Matt. I, you guys can't see, but I slipped him a 20 for that. I really appreciate that. But no, really in all seriousness, that it means so much to me that you would say something like that. And I definitely have more than my share of blessings with the athletes that come into our facility. And I'm so lucky to have that. And we wanted to expand the brand, so to speak, by talking about the culture more and i felt like there's so much information about training out there and yes we can get into training we can get into some more specifics about proper conditioning proper strength training those kind of things but uh for me i feel like what has made 
and build a project special is is the culture and so that means the world to me and really having a father like you trust me with your kids that that says everything uh, for me that's what gets me up in the morning so i really appreciate that matt what's about reno running company though you mentioned your store and this is this reno running company is a very special culture in itself i show up to morning runs uh wednesday mornings and you've got so many people in the community what 50 60 70 people coming out to meet you for a run and you've given so much of your time and help to these runners in the community and i know you're selling running shoes but at the end of the day we also know that you're doing it because you care so talk a little bit about that and how you built that up sure yeah so we my wife amy and i we started Reno running in 2011 and um when when we put that plan together i you know i believe so much in the the running community here and the active community here in reno and just saw this like beautiful place to live and to run and you know my passion for it um and i just wanted to do the thing that I, you know, the, the best thing that I could to help share that with the community. And so um, my background kind of being in business, that was the best way that I knew how to how to do that and have an effect on the most amount of people. Um, you know, our, our tagline for the store is helping people achieve their active lifestyle goals. So, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, we, you know, we sell products, but we get out there four times a week every week of the year you know for the last eight years and we bring the community together and we try and provide a positive inclusive inclusive atmosphere to for people to achieve their own goals in and so i think you know business success comes um and you know it it comes relatively easily if you do all those right things that they're not they're not easy to do but they are if you love doing them so I mean, I, I'm extremely fortunate. Like my, my job is I get to, you know, go to work and help really happy people achieve these awesome goals that they have for themselves every day. And then, you know, I get to run with them a few times a week. So it doesn't get much better than that in my mind. That's awesome. Outcome over income, right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can see that in, in your culture that you have, and not only with Reno, but I believe that outside of Reno, there's more and more people that are starting to really give back more and they're starting to take a little bit more time to understand that if we can improve our communities, if we can, it used to be what I'm getting at, I think a little bit more is you walk out the door, you know, your neighbor, you guys, you know, have barbecues together. That stuff doesn't go on as much anymore. Right. And I think we're trying to get back to that a little bit more these days. Right. Yeah. I, you know, completely agree. I mean, having, having a, a teenage daughter, um, and you look at, how how people interact and and i say teenage daughter because they're i think the ones that are easiest for all of us to go to oh they're on their phones all, all the time but we're on our phones all the time too right like that's our communication and that personal human touch like going somewhere with somebody in our lives it's running right um you know giving somebody that high five giving them a hug after they achieve something um like this morning for instance, we did that. It's everybody's least favorite day, so I don't announce it beforehand. But the track workout this morning's mile time trial. So if I told them before, they'd never show up. Um, but you know, everybody's like high fiving and hugging each other and congratulatory after that. And then yeah, you know, lots of pictures and everything to follow on Facebook. But 
um, you know, just like you said, getting out there and knowing your neighbor and having that human contact, like that touch, like, you know, touching another person, shaking their hand, high-fiving them, I think is, is so important. And it's good to see us getting back to that. Um, I, I think, you know, as a society, we lost that for, for a while, but I do see things slightly changing and getting back to, you know, to more of that experience level stuff. Man, I love it. And you, you got me back into racing, man. Cause I've yeah, been, dude. yeah, man. Yeah. I got, uh, an invite from Matt to, to qualify for the Boston marathon and be on his team. So gave me a goal for this year and doing a half marathon coming up and then we're going to go to the CIM marathon together and, and, uh, we're calling it the breaking three project. For those of you runners out there, you can have a little laugh about that, but we're just trying to get as many people as we can to qualify and go as a team to Boston, right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, you know, super, super fun. I think both of, both you and I probably our absolute PR fastest days are behind us now, but, uh, back to that experience stuff. I mean, that probably be one of the the best race experiences of my life if we get a dozen of us like good friends to go to boston together and run the boston marathon i you know it's hard to think of much better it's gonna be such a good time and i yeah i appreciate you giving me a new goal because honestly i i needed one i was kind of stagnant there for a little bit and again you know uh, we help each other out that's what this is all about right yeah and i love what i love that you didn't give the workout ahead of time uh, i have so many people talk to me about oh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna come in and see you but i just need to get in shape first i'm like what Right. I mean, I'm going to do that mile, but I, I need to get in shape for it. For, no, just get out there and do it and, yeah. see, and see where you're at. Right. And I, so I love that you kind of surprise them with that. And then, you know, they, they feel the fear and they do it anyways. But you kind of get them uh, toe on the line and then say, hey, this is what we're doing. So just do it. Right? Yeah. I, everybody does so much better than they think they'll do. Right. And right. You, you'd never you'd never come if you knew that, that you had to test yourself in some way, but then you show up, it's a surprise. You have no chance. Everybody's standing there. It's not like you're just going to walk off the track and be like, no, not for me today. And you know, 60 other people are looking at you sideways. Like you're going to get on the line. You're going to run as hard as you can. So if you run a hundred percent or you run 98%, it's going to hurt just as bad either way. So might yeah. as well give it your all. Yeah. So for people listening that don't live in Reno, of course, if you do, you should get over to Reno Running Company and get to know them and Matt. But if you don't live there, what, what should they look for joining a running club or, or what, what should they look for when it comes to getting themselves maybe back into racing or getting into shape? Yeah. So easy for me to say, but the first thing you should do is just go visit your local running shop. Um, there's one in virtually every community in the United States. And just like us, I mean, they live, eat, sleep, breathe, uh, running, and they are so connected and tuned in to the local communities. Um, you know, they're, they're the place to go. And we say running, I mean, the store is running company, but at least half of our customers aren't like, they would not consider themselves runners. I hear that every day they come in. I'm not a runner. So whether you consider yourself a runner or you're a walker or you just want to be active, then that I think is the place to go because you've got people there that'll be, you know, passionate about helping you achieve whatever it is you're trying to do. So don't worry if you're not a runner, go to that local running store. There will be a friendly person there to help you out. Man, that's fantastic. I look at a guy like you and I sometimes think to myself, man, how does he do it all? 
So you're talking about Reno Running Company, but also you had another business that you were running for a while. You you own both businesses. You have your kids. You you have your family. You have your competition. And I know there's a few things that I picked up from you. Like I get up every morning 4.55 because I know I'll get more done and get my day started right. And no excuses. I just got to do that. And that's worked so well for me. I kind of picked that up from, from you. But how do you do it all? Like what, what, what kind of what, what makes you tick every day that you can accomplish all these things? Because I feel like your plate is always so full and it just I get exhausted thinking about it. How do you do it? <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I like it that way. Uh, I'm if, if I have a day off, uh, Amy's like, Dude, like, what are you doing? You're just like sitting here, like pacing around the house like. And, and that happens maybe once or twice a year, you know, that will like take a day off. It's just, it's hard for me. Um, I just, I enjoy doing it. I like getting stuff done. Um, you know, all of those things, it would be impossible without a good support structure. Um, and I look at it like, you know, I can combine my time in different areas. So, um, the years that I was really competing hard, I was also a new parent. And so for me, it was like, you know, if I do this and if I include my kid, not only am I getting a workout in, but in my mind, I'm being a good father. I'm instilling good habits uh, to them. So, uh, you know, I take little videos with with our daughters, like in the stroller as I'm running. And, you know, one of those things like you've always taught me, like, is this happening like to me or is it happening for me? It's like, okay, I'm running slow because I'm pushing a stroller up a hill. But like, what kind of advantage am I going to have? because I, I do that and I get to double down on dad time. Um, you know, so you have to, you have to set up a plan and a structure. Um, and for me, like consistency is, is the key to everything and, you know, habits are hard to break whether they're good or bad. So I just, once we had kids, I started getting up super early and I just never stopped. Man, that's, I mentioned Lexi before coming into my gym and hopefully I'll see your other kids in there when they get a little older. But when she walks into the gym and she's newer to our facility, she's just so engaging. She looks at you. She asks you how you're doing, how your day was. And of course, we start to talk about the workout a little bit. But uh, I use yeah, man, a lot. I say, yeah, man. That's just a way to kind of get people motivated. And I've been saying it forever, just, yeah, man. And within a couple workouts, she's responding to me with, yeah, man. And I just feel like she's got so much confidence. She feels really, I think, good about herself and where she's at in her life. But look at the influences around her between you and Amy, your wife, Amy, her mother, obviously, just unbelievable examples of what can be accomplished when you have a little discipline. I say discipline equals freedom. You have the right examples to follow. You have the right influences there. And you told me earlier today, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, but talking about doing an 8K race again this year. And you said, last time I did it, I was running, what, a six-minute mile, you said? Yeah. In that yeah, race? He's like, yeah. You said, but I was, of course, I was pushing a stroller. <laughs> so I think to myself, wow, no excuses whatsoever for me anymore. I just have to remember not to give excuses in front of you. Right. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Amazing. So um, when we talk about obstacles, though, what, what kind of obstacle have you faced in your life that really kind of knocked you on your butt and how did you get back up? What, what's, what's, a, what's a big thing you had to overcome most people probably don't realize about you? What's maybe something that 
I wouldn't know that you had to overcome that. Um, you know, I, I feel, I feel super fortunate because I've, I've had a lot of blessings in my life. Um, and I feel like to this point, I've, I've largely accomplished a lot of the, the goals, um, that I've set out to achieve and, and I've got more and, and I see myself achieving them. Um, but like obstacle wise, you know, I, I guess it's something that most people don't know. I mean, we Reno running company, we almost went out of business. Um, what were we 12, 13, 14 months in, um, you know, we had like the business plan and, you know, look at things, environmental factors. And you think you can always overcome all of those things. And it was like one of the biggest snowfall on record. So here in Reno, you get a whole lot of snow and we had had that business plan dialed down to a T and the, like the investment that we put on, put in, we didn't want to take on extra debt and man, we almost ran out of money. And so to me, like, I'm looking at that, like, man, we have a lot of people working for us. And like, that's my biggest struggle is like, I don't want these people to be out of a job at, at that time. Um, I did own another business. Um, and I was, I've been very, very blessed with a man that came into my life. He was my first boss, um, out of college, uh, gentleman, he passed away sadly last year, but Ray Hanchett. Um, and so I turned to him cause he's been like my biggest business mentor and, um, just some of that advice that he gave me. And he told me a story about his like very first business. He had a, like an auto repair business and he was like, it basically like looked at me like, what are you complaining for? Like we used to like have somebody come in, they'd need something fixed. We'd make them prepay for it. We'd like run down to the auto parts store because we couldn't pre-buy parts because we had no money, you know, and we made it work. And, you know, just that, like, you got to keep chipping away at it every day. And, you know, in reality, I was getting nervous over something that wasn't as big of a deal as I, as I made it out to be. I look at it like, oh my God, we're going to run out of business. And, you know, we got close, but it wasn't like we were really, really going under. And so some of that advice that he gave me, you know, just like chipping away at that kind of stuff. And then that really transitioned into like, that's how I need to look at you know, just our business in general is like, it, it doesn't need to go from zero to a hundred in that first year. Like I just need to make this thing a little bit better and we do the right thing every single day and we'll be successful. Um, so, you know, big lesson learned, um, you know, for me there at a relatively young age, which I look at as like, man, that was pretty fortunate. Um, that it happened that early on. It happened when I was, you know, pretty young. If something bad would have happened, I would have had the chance to recover from it easily. And um, I got to learn all of those lessons at a young age. And hopefully, not that I'm not going to make mistakes. I know I will, but hopefully I put that one behind me and came out good on the other side. Yeah. You remind me of compared to what? We say that a lot, right? Compared to what? Yeah what situation you're in, however bad it is compared to what. I was in Mexico when I was younger. I did um, two couple years in AmeriCorps, National Civilian Community Corps. We went down to Mexico to learn how to make adobe with um, 
with this project we had for a place called La Casa de Estadio in San Diego. In order to know how to mix in this, um, this, this mud and silt, and there's actually a process to it, and they want it to be pretty organic. So we went down there to learn, and I just thought, okay, I'm going to learn from a bunch of guys that do this for a living, right? I learned from a seven-year-old kid, and the entire family worked. Yeah, you're talking about from the baby all the way up through these ages of kids that should be in high school and having the chance to compete and, and learn, um, you know, or maybe get, go to a good college or, and those kind of things. They didn't even have that in front of them. They didn't know anything but making Adobe. And that is probably what they're still doing today. That really put things in perspective for me. I think before then, I thought a lot of times about what opportunities I didn't have in front of me. And I came back thinking to myself, wow, compared to what? I have so many opportunities just being here in America. Yeah. Right? And we, we, uh, we are so blessed to be able to do that. And I know about you, too, is that you don't live above your means. You're always pretty conservative that way. So you're doing everything that you can to be able to uh, afford the opportunities that you that you have in front of you. And I think that that's also been a big secret to your success too. You're pretty uh, humble. You don't try to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. So what about lessons um, along the way though? Like if you had, if you had a lesson that you were gonna teach your daughter about life, what do you think the most important life lesson is to uh, to teach? So right now, the big one that we've been talking about because she's just about to go into high school is just not being afraid to fail. Um, she, you know, she, high school, she's got all these new opportunities in front of her. Uh, what sports is she going to play? Um, does she go out for something new that she's never done before? Does she take a chance on like an advanced math class? Um, and you know, I just, I want her to know that like, there's no shame in, in failing. Um, I, I forget what book it was, but I was reading a book a few, a few months ago and, um, you know, they were talking about, um, like earning, earning the right to call yourself a failure, um, to say that you failed at that. Um, and you know, the, the example of the, like the kid in this case had, you know, his, his dad had said like, you haven't earned the right cause you never tried. And I just like, I want her to try anything, you know, go out there and, and don't be afraid to fail. Like if you can learn those lessons at, at a young age and then hopefully gain confidence from them, I think you'll just be unstoppable when you're older. Um, like it's okay. Yeah. Like at the, if you fail forward, right? And exactly. It, yeah. Fail forward. Yeah. I, I, that's, that is a great life lesson. There's um, so many parts about life where you're going to fail and that's okay. And especially realizing that the world doesn't end when you fail at something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and there's so much pressure on, on kids today, you know, whether it's from us as parents or other kids, um, social media to always have this like projection of perfection. Or it's like, you've got to be seen as perfect. Um, and, you know, that's, I, I hope our kids can grow up and not have to feel like they've got to be perfect in every way. 
Um, you know, we go through that with, with our employees too, especially our managers. It's like, look, you guys make those decisions and if you fail, it's okay. Like we'll have a conversation about why you failed and what you learned for it, but we'll never be mad if, if you do something that you think is the best decision at the time and it wasn't the right decision. Like that's just a learning opportunity. And then tomorrow you'll be a better manager for us and that benefits all of us. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're not... You're not putting them in an environment where they're afraid to screw up and they know that uh, you're going to be understanding that they were trying to do the right thing. I think that's a good lesson in itself, right? All right, let's, let's switch gears a little bit talk about habits because uh, we want to know what your good habits are, what your bad habits are, <laughs> right? So now we're getting a little bit personal, but I, I, lo I love to hear this from people. Um, something that I've admitted to you, a bad habit of mine is is going to that Netflix at night when I really should be getting ready for bed and then I watch a show or two or three and now I'm getting up at 4.55 no matter what and I'm not getting my sleep and it was just all so I could watch uh, The Punisher, right? And hey, everybody needs a little downtime, but that's a bad habit of mine just because I'm amazed at sometimes the poor choices I'll make when I know I have a long day in front of me and now I watch three episodes of the punisher right so what what are your bad habits matt or uh you can go with that and then into good habits right yeah so um you know sugar's a big one like you know, we said before like habits good or bad are, are hard to break right so um especially in the morning i get up and i just crave sugar like uh, now like my kids um the, the two girls like they love to bake and if there's brownies there i get up like brownie and a coffee in the morning i know it's probably like the worst meal that i can start my day off with but um yeah i'm just like a sugar baked goods I'm, I'm not a candy person but chocolate and baked goods um got got a soft spot for me um, and then, you know, the other one, and, and I, I talk bad about it cause it, you know, it's a, it's a personal one of mine, but like social media, like too often I find myself, like I wake up and the first thing that I do is, you know, like, Oh, like what happened? Like what's going on on Instagram or what's going on on Facebook. Um, and, and you had me talk to your kids about that. Um, you know, a few months ago, I think. And like that's a that's a challenge to me like and I, I have i have to hold myself responsible to that every day and sometimes i fall out of that habit because uh, it's a hard one to break but you know i want to get up and and take at least like 30 minutes and and read or or do my mobility work or you know meditate stretch whatever it is before i pick that phone up because whatever's on there is probably useless anyway you know, just like, like, okay, you got to have downtime, but like, did you really get much out of watching the Punisher three episodes? You know, you didn't. And I know that I didn't get anything by checking Facebook either. Um, you know, but we still do it. So those are my two probably bad ones. Um, yeah. Social media, sugar, um, can't get away from the baked goods. Luckily I'm a runner, so it's not as big of a problem as it could be. Um, but you know, I'd say my, my biggest positive habit is like getting up and, and working out in the morning. Um, it's like, it's selfish, but I feel like you have to be responsible to yourself first. Um, I, and I get up and I do that so early so that the rest of my family is not even awake yet. Hopefully by the time that I get back, I don't feel like I missed any family time, but I did something for myself. Um, and I know with the craziness of our day, whether it's my day personally, um, you know, stuff that my wife has going on, our kids stuff. If I wait to the end of the day, I'll just never get it done. 
And it, you know, it sounds ridiculous. You're like, okay, you're waking up at four or four thirty in the morning. But once you do it, as long as you're not staying up late at night, um, it's a hard habit to break. Like I don't really have to set the alarm anymore. I just get up, go down, have a coffee. Hopefully there's no brownies there and, uh, do my mobility work and I go out on a run. Fantastic. Uh, so Matt, what, what are your current goals talking about these good habits? How are these good habits helping you out with your current goals? Uh, so, you know, athletically, cause those are, those are just simple ones. Um, I, I had a goal at the beginning of this year to, uh, place top 10%, um, in the CrossFit open, which was like a new challenge to me, um, and qualify for Boston. Cause I couldn't find any record of somebody doing that. I'm sure probably somebody else has, but totally two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. I was like, you know, I qualify for Boston. I got to run under three hours for the marathon and I get 10%, top 10% in the CrossFit game. So I was literally like, or sorry, not CrossFit games. That'd be ridiculous. Um, uh, CrossFit open, but I was like 9.8%, um, at the, uh, CrossFit open, uh, worldwide. So, so that was, that was really cool. Uh, thanks to the folks at CrossFit initiative for all the guidance, um, and workouts on that. And, um, then, yeah, we'll go and we'll do, you know, we'll do CIM and for sure qualify for Boston, uh, next year. Uh, but you know, the biggest one for me, cause largely my athletic career and focus there is, is over. Um, you know, I, I mentioned both my dad and Ray being, you know, these huge mentors in my life. And I feel like, like that's my duty now is to, to give back and to mentor somebody else. Um, and, and as many people as I can. So I'm trying to, our two store managers for our, for our two stores, um, hopefully spend as much time as I can with them to get them to grow, um, as you know, as business leaders, uh, I feel like if, um, I, one of my first managers, uh, working for Ray, uh, so an, another gentleman by the name of Mick is he's like, always be training your replacement. He said, that's the fastest way to move up in life is just be training your replacement. Um, so I look at that as what can I, like, what can I do? What, what knowledge do I have that I can help? um, our employees become better versions of themselves. Uh, so that's probably my biggest focus. And then, you know, of course there's like family goals and, and things like that, that we have too. I mean, I think the best, the best thing you can do as a parent is like, you know, what, what are your kids like a reflection of you? I feel like if, if we can just raise good kids, um, that are nice and, you know, great members of the community and love and help others that we've succeeded as parents. And I guess in the end, that's like the thing that matters more than anything. I love it. What about Matt Balzer in retirement mode, what's that going to look like? You said you can't even take a day off without getting antsy. I mean, what are you going to do when you retire? What is that going to look like, Matt? Yeah. So like the, the vision is some massive ranch, like in Montana, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. But, um, you know, I, I know that that probably won't, won't happen. Um, you know, my, my wife is one of six, like family's very important to, to both of us. So we'll probably just end up like, traveling around like you know bugging the hell out of our kids or something like that um you know staying on top of them um hopefully you know if we're lucky enough playing with our grandchildren but um i don't know maybe home base will be some like big ranch in montana and then i won't drive amy crazy every day i can be out chopping wood somewhere or you know riding my mountain bike uh running in the mountains um and then we'll stay married for a long time because if i'm just pacing back and forth in the living room things won't last very long 
Well, between the two of you, I, like, I picture her doing um, some some sort of crazy Xterra race uh, on her weekends, and you're doing an Ironman, and you're in your 70s, and you're just not going to be the typical couple that way. You guys are a crazy couple together. It doesn't make any sense that people would do that much, and but together, you guys almost like blow up even more into this bigger thing. I think you guys really feed well off of each other and, and motivate each other, but I can pick, I know Amy pretty well. I can picture her telling you to get your lazy ass up and go do an Ironman or something if you're bored, right? Yeah, yeah. Once once the kids are grown up, I think she's glad that uh, that that the big big training is is done for now. You know, we we focus all of that energy on the kids. But no, her big thing is she wants to she wants to do Everest. I don't know how serious she is about that, but she keeps mentioning it. Um, she's got no body fat. I, yeah, I know. I, I have no interest in in doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully we can just do a big hike together. Maybe not Everest. That kind of scares me. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so too. All right, Maddie, uh, we're just ra- wrapping up the interview a little bit, but let me ask you this. I think a lot of times people are interested. What are you reading? What do you, what do you, uh, get inspired by? Is there anything there? Any movies, books, uh, what, what, do you, what are you inspired by lately, Matt? So right now for me, it's, uh, it's podcasts. I mean, I'm, I'm so busy, uh, that like actually taking time and sitting down to read is, is kind of hard. So if I am reading, it's usually an audio book, like when I'm in my car, but, um, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm bouncing around between too many different things, but podcasts to me, or which is why I wanted to be a part of this tonight. And I was so honored that you asked me to do it is, um, I think it's, it's an easy way to get some really, really good information in, you know, depending on who you listen to, like 10 minutes to three hours. Um, one of them is called uh, masters in business. Um, they usually put a new one out every, gosh, every couple of days or so. Um, and it's a guy that works for Bloomberg and just the guests that he has on there are, I mean, they are like the Titans of industry. Um, I mean, just some of the best in the world and, and the insights that these guys have, it's like, you know, just blows your mind the way that, that these like geniuses of industry are thinking about things and, and how they do and think differently. It's just, it's super, super motivational, uh, to me. So that's the one that I probably listen to the most. Um, you know, right now Tour de France is going on. I'm a big cycling fan. So, uh, listen to Lance Armstrong's, um, podcast about, about the tour and his insights on everything too. Um, but yeah, more, more than anything podcasts, you can learn a lot in a real little amount of time. Absolutely. So let's finish this off. We obviously talked about a lot of things about getting yourself 1% better every day, but Maybe some people listening are thinking, well, I'm not that level of athlete. And I think that's a mistake because we just need to use the same principles to be successful wherever we're at in our lives. So um, any gems that you would take out of today, you would speaking to everybody here saying, what is it that I can do to get 1% better myself, right? What, what kind of 1% better rule do you have, Matt? So, you know, whatever it is, whatever you find motivation in, and I I think that's, that's the key. You've got to find something that, that motivates you. Um, but then, you know, find, find a plan, find a coach, find a mentor that can help you be consistent with it every single day. I mean, I, I really contribute my successes thus far to consistency, like consistency of that purpose. Like I've got a goal. 
um, a purpose and I'm going to get up and I'm going to work at it every single day. And I'm not going to try and attack it all and take it all down at once. Um, I'm, you know, I know the building blocks that I need to lay the foundation and, and I'm going to do, you know, just one of them every day. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I've been fortunate enough to turn my passion into my job. Um, and I truly believe that anybody can do that if, if they are truly passionate about it. Um, and you don't, you know, you don't always know that. So that's not easy to do like what you're totally passionate about. Um, but if, if you're driven to that goal, you'll find success in it. Man, it's so good. I know I've got to finish with Les Nesbitt and you guys hopefully keep listening to these podcasts. You're going to hear his name more than once, but Les Nesbitt, 78 year old guy, client of mine, hugely successful in my mind, definitely a, a huge mentor of mine and really a father to me. When I was first starting out in this business, he was my first client ever. And Les, he knew I was struggling. He knew that I was working a side job. I was working at the Gerber Baby Factory, just stocking Gerber foods next to guys that were on a prison release program. I'm not complaining about the job, but that was a definite a low point for me, struggling to accept where I was in life. I had been a firefighter before that, had some you know, some decent respect from the community just for having the job I had. Then I'm now stocking Gerber baby food next to, uh, you know, prison release. Uh, not, nothing wrong with what they're doing there, but I just got a little bit sad for a minute. And I only had less at the time as a client. <clears throat> and he said, Matt, if you love taking out the garbage and you truly love it, one day you'll own your own dump. And now quit complaining. Right? And, and, I, and I really did take that to heart. He himself had been on his own since he was just a kid and no excuses. He ended up having his own general contracting company and made a big success out of himself. So I really took that to heart and I knew it was coming from a good place, but really just chipping away at it one day at a time and just never giving up and just 1%, 1%, 1% keep building off of that. Right, Matt? That's right, man. Yeah. That's a great interview with you. I really appreciate having you here today. I hope the audience uh, was able to get something out of this today. I know I did. So selfishly, I'll say, hey, I got 1% better today by listening to you, Matt. Thank you very much for coming. It is my pleasure. And it's, it was an honor that you asked me. So thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening to The Pendola Project. As mentioned, this is our first show. That means we're trying to grow. If you like the show, tell a friend or leave us a review wherever you listened. Get in touch on Facebook or send us an email, pendolaproject at gmail.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Reno Running Company, where they have everything you need to get you going and keep you going. We'll talk to you next week.